Hare Krishna. I welcome all to everyday chant Harinam conference call. Today very we are very, very fortunate to have um his grace Sarvadik Das Prabhu to enlighten us on verse seventeen, uh, chapter six of Canto five. Prabhuji, please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to Srila Prabhupada and Guru Maharaj. Whenever you are ready, please take over the call, Prabhu. Okay, please accept my obeisances, Mataji. Thank you very much for your introduction. Uh, obeisances to all devotees. Happy to be here. I want to make one um, statement here. They're widening the road here in Mayapur. It's a huge disturbance. So I'm hoping there won't be any disturbance to the connection. But if it happens, um, I'll simply try to call back in. If I'm not able to connect, then just continue the class amongst yourselves. So I'll hope we'll move forward, hoping for the best. So let us uh, offer obeisances to the Supreme Personality of Godhead, who is none different from this Srimad Bhagavatam. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Narayanam Namaskritya Naram Jaiva Narotamam Devim Sarasatim Vyasam Tato Jayamudirayad Nashta Prayesha Bhadveshu Nityam Bhagavata Sevaya Bhagavati Uttama Shloke Bhakti Bhavati Naishtaki This morning we're reading Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 5, Chapter 6, Text 17. I'll do my best. There's no um, uh, structure to this verse. I'll just read the Sanskrit as best as possible. We'll read the word-for-word translation translation in Srila Prabhupada's purport. Yasyameva kavaya atmanam abhiratam vivida vidjana sansara haritapo atapyamanam anusavanam snapayantas tayayva paraya nivritya yapavargam atyantakam paramapurishartam apisayam asaditam no evadriyante bhagwati yatenayva parisam apta savartaha Yasyameva, in which Krishna consciousness or the nectar of devotional service. Kavaya, the advancement of learned scholars or philosophers in spiritual life. Atmanam, the self. Aviratam, constantly. Vividha, various. Vijjana, full of sins. Sansara, immaterial existence. Paritapa, from miserable conditions. Udpatyamanam, Suffering, anusavanam, without stopping. Snapayanta, bathing. Teya, by that. Eva, certainly. Paraya, great. Nivritya, with happiness. He, certainly. Apavargam, liberation. Atyantakam, uninterrupted. Paramapurusha artam, the best of all human achievements. Api, although. Swayam, itself. Asaditam, obtained, no, not, eva, certainly, ajriyante, endeavor to achieve. Bhagavadi yatvena eva, because of relationship with the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Parisamapta sarva artha, those who have ended all kinds of material desires. Translation. Devotees, enjoy, uh, devotees always bathe themselves in devotional service in order to be relieved 
from the various tribulations of material existence. By doing this, the devotees enjoy supreme bliss and liberation personified comes to serve them. Nonetheless, they do not accept that service, even if it is offered by the Supreme Personality of Godhead Himself. For the devotees, liberation, mukti, is very unimportant because having obtained the Lord's transcendental loving service, they have attained everything desirable and have transcended all material desires. Srila Prabhupada's purport, Srila Prabhupada Devotional service unto the Lord is the highest attainment for anyone desiring liberation from the tribulations of material existence. As stated in Bhagavad Gita, chapter 6, verse 22, Yamdadva chaparam plabam anyate nadikam tataha. Gaining this, one thinks there is no greater gain. When one attains the service of the Lord, which is non different from the Lord, one does not desire anything material. Mukti means relief from material existence. Bilva Mangal Thakur says, Mukti Mukulitanjali Sevatasma. For a devotee, mukti is not a very great achievement. Mukti means being situated in one's constitutional position. The constitutional position of every living being is that of the Lord's servant. Therefore, when a living entity is engaged in the Lord's loving service, he has already attained mukti. Consequently, a devotee does not aspire for mukti, even if it is offered by the Supreme Lord himself. <coughs> Om Ajnana Timirandasya Ajnana Anjana Shalatayo Chakshurun Militan Jena Tasmai Sri Gurude Namaha Ukam Korativa Chalam Bangung Langayate Girin Yakripa Tamaham Bande Sri Gurum Dinataram Paramananda Ishram Paramananda Madhavam Sri Chaitanya Ishram Bande Nantad Bhutashrayam Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhum Nityopi Yatrasada Chad Bhakti Shastra Pavartaka Nityanandam Mahamno Mi Sarbananda Karamparam Harinamapadam Devam Mabaduta Shiromanim Jai Sri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Sri Adhaita Gadada Sri Vasari Gaur Bhakta Vinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare Vancha kopatu bhishtha kripa sindhubi vachapati tanam pavani bhyo vaishnavibhyo namo namaha. So one should first ask, why is it that people want liberation? Typically, in Vedic parlance, people are looking for dharma, artha, kama, and then moksha. People become religious, <coughs> dharma, because they want something from God. Artha, they go to the church, the masjid, the synagogue, the gurudwara, the mandir, and they pray to God. Everyone has a big long list. I want a car, a home, a wife, a son, a husband, a position, prestige, money, all the so-called blessings of this material world. And they approach God for that. Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita, these people are pious. But from artha, people seek kama, sense gratification. We're also interested in artha, but for the purpose of the Lord's service. But the typical materialistic person takes up religion to get artha, material prosperity, and with material prosperity, his next objective is sense gratification. 
But because sense gratification cannot satisfy the soul, then out of frustration they seek liberation, mukti. Lord Chaitanya's proposition was parama purushartha, which is prema. The highest objective of life is love of God. Everything else is selfish. Dharma is selfish. Religiosity is selfish because they want something from God. Artha is selfish. They have a long list of desires they want from God. Kama is selfish. My sense gratification. My tongue, my belly, my genital, my home, my everything, my bank balance. I, me, mine. This is, <laughs> this is their mantra. I, me, mine, I, me, mine, I, me, mine. And liberation is also selfish. They want to enjoy the kingdom of God, but they don't want God. Now, in the Shastras, in Srimad Bhagavatam, there's a verse that describes the different kinds of liberation. We, we can note with Prophet that there's four different kinds of liberation, five, excuse me, five different kinds of liberation. The verse says, Salokya Sarsti Samitya Saryapaikattam Nupyata Diyamanundagrananti Vinamatsevanam Jana Five kinds of liberation. Salokya living on the same planet of the Lord. Sharsti, having the same opulence of the Lord. Samipya, to become a personal associate of the Lord. Sarupya, to have a body that, look just, that looks just like the Lord's. And the, all the residents of Vaikuntha look exactly the same, except for Lord, who has this Srivatsa on his chest, a, a tuft of curling golden hair on his chest, which distinguishes him from the other residents of Vaikuntha. Otherwise, Sarupya, they all have the same bodily uh, nature, bodily features. And Ekatvam means oneness. So devotees may accept uh, one of these forms of liberation, but for service. They're not thinking, I just want to go there to enjoy. But if the devotee aspires for liberation, his aspiration is to serve the Lord. Because Lord Chaitanya taught us that I don't want anything material, I don't any lumps in Mama Janmani Janmani liberation into the category of material aspiration. So he's rejecting that. I don't even want freedom from repeated birth and death. What do I want? I want your devotional service, your causeless unmotivated devotional service, pure devotional service, pure Krishna bhakti, ahaituki bhakti. says, this thing I want because we can't be desireless. It's not the nature of the living being to be desireless. Bhagavad Gita says, nahi kastit shamaun shamanapi jatu tishtakya karma krit. Karyata yavasha karma sarva prakriti jargana. That we can't remain uh, inactive even for a moment we're always active we're always desiring it's the nature of the soul because we have the same characteristics as the Lord who is always active the individual soul is also active we're always doing something mentally physically emotionally we're always busy with something so spiritual life doesn't mean to curb down activity rather it means to dovetail our activity for the pleasure of the Lord either here or there in the kingdom of God. But we're not salvationists. We're not simply uh, worshipping the Lord for liberation, for the goal, I'm suffering, so please remove my suffering. Rather, a devotee accepts any suffering in the pleasure, for the pleasure of the Lord. Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur said, 
that if I'm suffering and that suffering gives happiness to the Lord, that is my greatest happiness. To accept a suffering position that gives pleasure to the Lord. This is the exact opposite of the material conception of spirituality. Mostly, in every religious tradition of the world, they consider the blessing of the Lord to be material prosperity, material happiness, peace of mind. And they think, now the Lord has blessed me. This is not necessarily the blessing of the Lord. This is the blessing of the Lord in one, from one point of view. But it's also his blessing to take everything away. Um, this, is, this is also a great blessing. Srila Prabhupada experienced this in his life. At one point in his life, he was driving a big American car in Calcutta. Imagine, in Calcutta, in the 50s, I think sometimes late 40s, 50s, maybe I don't know the exact date. But he experienced great prosperity in his business. One uh, Jyotishi predicted that this person can become more than Tata, more than Birla. This is the potential he has. But that Krishna took everything away because he had a higher purpose for him. So we can say material prosperity is a blessing, but a greater blessing is to be bereft and be completely dependent on the mercy of the Lord at every step and every breath of life. This is the greatest blessing. Of course, we don't pray for that. Kunti Maharani prayed for that. She prayed that let all these sufferings come to me one after another because when I'm in a suffering condition, I'm completely dependent on you. And when I'm dependent on you, when my mind is fixed on you, then no more birth and death. So there's different kinds of blessings from the Lord, but we don't seek those blessings that are selfishly motivated. We simply want to serve the Lord. But we should also be cognizant of our own mortality, that this world is temporary and we need to get out. And devotee is happy to stay here and serve the Lord, but we should also, uh, and, and devotees sometimes would say to Srila Prabhupada that, I just want to come back and serve. But Prabhupada said, no, you should want to go back to Godhead and serve in, in the spiritual world. It's not that there's no service in the spiritual world. That service is completely pure. When we go back to the kingdom of God, we're no longer under the influence of the modes of material nature, rajas, tamas, and sattva-gun. It drags us to the material conception of life, drags us into different materialistic activities, materialistic mindset. We become free from that. This doesn't exist in the spiritual world. So, Prabhupada would say, better you go back to God. You desire to go back to Godhead. But devotee simply folds his hands and is happy to accept any situation the Lord provides for him. So these different kinds of liberation are all good, but in the purport to this verse, Srila Prabhupada comments. He says here, the yogis and empiric philosophers desire cessation of the process of birth and death, but a devotee is satisfied to remain even in the material world and execute devotional service. So our objective is devotional service, either here or in the kingdom of God. Our objective is devotional service. How can I please the Lord? There's a Bengali proverb. I don't know the Bengali. But the meaning is that if you take a threshing machine and you send it to Swarga, if you send it to heaven, what will it do? 
it will do the same thing that it does here in the material creation. It will thresh grains. So the example means that if, you, if a devotee goes to the kingdom of God, what does he do? He serves the Lord. And while he's here in this material world, he serves the Lord. So in this way, there's actually no difference. We serve the Lord according to the Lord's will. This is pure devotional service. But we should be cognizant of our position in this material world that we're being chased by death. This is, a, this is not a morbid point of view that, oh, I'm going to die, I'm going to die, how horrible. Devotee welcomes death because what is death? From the point of view of our associates, it's the end. When we lose a brother, a sister, a mother, a father, a godbrother, a godsister, guru, we cry. This is a natural human emotion. And that should be embraced. The grieving process should be embraced. And the, if there's a, a loss like this in our family or amongst our associates, uh, I, I personally am experiencing that regularly now with so many of my godbrothers and godsisters leaving. So we cry. We're human beings. We're ruled by our emotions. But we should also see that death is a beginning also. From our point of view, someone leaves and it's the end. It's the end of the, our association with that person. It's gone. It's, it's completely final. No more talking, no more emailing, no more association. Done. Death is very, very final. But from our point of view. But from the point of view of that person, of that soul, it's the beginning of eternal life. It can, it can be the beginning of eternal life. At least it's the beginning of of a, a, a fresh start in Krishna Bhakti. Devotees that leave this world experience all kinds of auspiciousness. My godbrother, my uh, highly esteemed godbrother, Rajendra Nandan Prabhu, who left uh, three, four months ago, uh, he was diagnosed with stage four cancer. He knew he was going to leave, and he told the devotees, don't pray for my cure. Pray for my easy transition back home, back to Godhead. I don't want to be cured. I want to go back to Godhead. And he made the statement uh, just shortly before he left this world that you can't imagine the happiness I'm experiencing because I've reached the end of my sojourn in the material world. We've been in this material world for millions of lifetimes. And devotee who spent his life in Krishna Bhakti, no more birth and death. So he flatly stated, that you can't imagine the happiness I'm experiencing. I've reached the goal, the end of my life, the end of my sojourn in the material world, and you can't imagine the happiness I'm experiencing. He left this world with a smile on his face and his hand in his bead bag, surrounded by loving devotees, the holy name, pictures of the Lord, Tulsi, Radhakund, water, everything. So death is a beginning. It's a transition to eternal life, or it's a transition to a better experience better opportunity to serve the Lord. Devotees may come back to this material world and take up the process of serving in Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's Sankirtan movement because what is going on now, what we're participating in, is Lord Chaitanya's Sankirtan movement, the spreading of Lord Chaitanya's Sankirtan movement all over the universe. This Chaitanya Charitamrita, Chaitanya Bhagavad, doesn't end with Antilila. It's ongoing. More chapters are added as Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's Leela expands more and more all over the universe. So to die and to take birth as an empowered representative of our Guru Varga, serving Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, what an extraordinary blessing. 
Or a devotee may leave this world and go to that planet in the material world where Lord Krishna's pastimes are going on and have personal eye-to-eye contact and serve the Lord and refine his relationship in one of five different rasas. That's also possible. Krishna came to this world. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came to this Mayapur. Lord Krishna, Radha Krishna came to Vrindavan. They walked on that holy soul, that holy land. And devotees who were vastly fortunate participated in Krishna Leela. So a devotee can also have that opportunity to participate in the Lord's Bhoma Leela, his earthly pastimes. Or he can go directly back home, back to Godhead, go look at Vrindavan. Everything is auspicious for a devotee. So death is not the end, rather, it's the beginning. But we don't think about that. There's a nice story in uh, Mahabharata that you may be aware of. The five Pandavas had been exiled to the forest along with Kunti Maharani, and they're feeling very, very thirsty. So one of them climbed up a tree, and they, they spotted the lake. So one of them thought, let me go to the lake. As they bent down to drink the water, a voice came, a disembodied voice said, this is my lake, and if you drink this water without answering my question, you will die. Now they're Katriyas. They thought, what is this? And they, I don't have to do what they say, and they drank the lake, the water of the lake, and they fell dead. One after another, they came, Arjuna, Bhim, finally Yudhishthira came, Sahadev, Nakula, all lying there dead, Yudhishthira appears on the scene. Now, Yudhishthira is most intelligent of the five brothers. So he said, what are your questions? Now, many beautiful questions. That's a whole other class. All the, the, it's called Yaksha Prashna. The question is asked by the disinvited voice, the Yaksha. What did he ask Yudhishthira and what did Yudhishthira answer? Very, very beautiful uh, questions and answers. Primarily, primary uh, uh, among them was the question, what is the most extraordinary thing in life? What is the most extraordinary thing? And Yudhishthira answered, Ahani, Ahani, Bhutani, Gatshantyabhalayavam. He said that every living being, every insect, every beast, every amphibian, every human being, every devata, is meeting with death. But everyone thinks, this will not happen to me. I'll live forever. But Krishna says, Dukalayam Ashashvatam. This world is Ashashvat, not Shashvat. It's not in a place, we can't stay here, it's not eternal. We have to leave. This is the, the, the characteristic of material life. Yet we forget. We make plans to go on forever. Living our life, going on forever. With the same old uh, uh, routine of eating, sleeping, family life, making money, enjoying. That this can't go on forever. It's ashashvatam. It has its end. So death should be understood that this is my future. When we see the picture of a burning body or we're present, when the, when the body of a loved one or devotee is burned, we should think, this is my future also. If I'm fortunate, it will be my body in the bank of Ganga lying on a pile of wood and someone's lighting the fire and holy name is being chanted. If I'm fortunate, that will happen. So we should remember these things because it puts our life, our activities of our life in perspective. We should think about this very carefully. We should see them, very, we should understand it very carefully. But death is, is different for devotees. 
death is an opportunity for devotees. Srila Prabhupada gave an example. He said just like a cat, a cat picks up a kitten with love and it moves it here and there and it, it plays with the kitten with his mouth. Now the kitten is feeling great love, but the cat also grabs a rat. The rat is not feeling love. The rat is experiencing great terror. The rat is experiencing death. So for non-devotee, they're very terrified. Oh, what's happening to me? Oh my God, I'm dying, I'm dying. They're terrified. They're very fearful of death. But devotee is being embraced by the Lord at the time of death. He's being transferred to a higher position by out of love from the Supreme Personality of Godhead. But still, we should understand how to get free from death, how to become immortal. And this is the process of Krishna consciousness, of becoming pure devotee, of entering into eternal service of the Lord. And this is, and, and it begins with devotional service and the, the process of, of entering into the kingdom of God. So, let me look at this verse again. There are some other points I wanted to make. Just a moment. Um, 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 um. Oh, the translation says, Parama Purusha Artam, the best of all human achievements. There is no higher achievement than this, taking up the process of devotional service, because devotional service delivers us from the material world. There is no other, there is no other process to become free from this material world. Not, uh, not by karma, not by yoga, not by meditation, not by jnana. This, Krishna says clearly in 7th chapter of Bhagavad Gita, Bahunam Janamanamante Jnana Prapadyate that after many births and deaths of practicing jnana, one be who becomes a devotee, he can be delivered. He's a rare soul. Samahatma Sadrulava. He he's eligible for liberation. If he takes up the process of devotional service, there is no other process. So people, uh, f uh, be out of out of fear of death, they take to religiosity. But re this religiosity is not the uh, solution. Pure devotional service is the solution. The solution to repeated birth, punar janma, is the process of devotional devotional service. To understand Vasudeva. Sarvamiti. Everything else in our life comes and goes. That's the nature of this material world. Like I'm living in a nice apartment here. And I think, oh, I'll live here forever. No, someone else will live in this apartment. These concrete buildings last for generations. Someone else will live here. Someone else will sleep here. Someone else will raise their family here. I'll be long gone. I'll be off in some other situation in life. And everything is like that in this material world. This, I'm looking at a computer screen. Someday this computer breaks down and we send it off for recycling. I'm looking at a piece of paper. Someday this paper will be recycled. It will be burned. It will throw in the trash. My whole body will, will be thrown in the trash, burned. Body becomes ashes. The body becomes earth. Body becomes worm, food for worms or the uh, Parsis. They cut the body and they put it out and the birds, the vultures come and eat the body, becomes stool. So what is the destination of our body? Everything 
falls through our hands. So what, what is the value of a life without devotional service, without making a solution to these problems? Mm-hmm. So these things should be understood, putting life in perspective. There's a story, life as death, life personified as death personified. Why do people love me and hate you? Why do they love life and they hate death? Then death replied, because you are a beautiful lie and I I am the painful truth. So material life is actually a lie because we think we can stay here and we think it's reality. But we read in Bhagavad Gita hmm, that this, what we call reality, is not reality at all. For example, if I'm looking at a mango tree, and the mango tree is growing on the side of a still pond of water, the tree will be reflected in the water. But I can't pick a mango from a reflection. Correct? If I try and pick a mango from the the mango tree reflected in the water, I just get my hand wet. The reflection is real, but it's only a reflection. It's not the real thing. It has no substance. It's a real reflection, but it has no substance. The substance is the tree. Without the tree, there's no reflection. So what is this material world? Krishna says in Gita, Mayatatamidam Sarvam Jagaradyaktam Vaitina. That this material world is nothing but my energy. It's, it's me in one sense. But it has no substance. It's a reflection. So the reflection exists because the real thing is there. But we spend our life trying to grasp the reflection and in this way uh, wasting life's precious, uh, wasting our time trying to grasp something that doesn't actually exist. Um, Bhagavad Gita says that which is temporary doesn't actually exist and that which is eternal can be said to actually exist. So this whole cosmic manifestation is not actually existing. It doesn't actually exist. But we spend our time trying to make a, a, a happy home here where we can't be happy. This is the, this is the, the condition of this world. It said paritapa. In the translation, paritapa means it's miserable. People think, oh, you people are so negative. I'm, I'm happy. I have my wife. I have my family. I have money. I have health. I have prestige, position. I'm happy. And even the person who is so-called happy in this material world is unable to understand the happiness of spiritual life. We say, Anandam buddhivardhanam pratipadam purnam ritaswadhanam that we get purnasvitaswadhanam of full taste for unlimited happiness by the process of Krishna Bhakti. And everything in this material world is all temporary. Everything we touch in this material world is all temporary. And it creates uh, unhappiness also. It also creates unhappiness. We're thinking it will make us very happy, but it cannot make us happy. Rather, Krishna says, it is a source of unhappiness. Hmm. That a materialistic person thinks, I will be happy by bringing 
Sansparas Bhog, my senses in contact with their objects, and the whole world is basically arranging their life in that way, trying to bring their senses in contact with the objects for material happiness. But Krishna is saying this is the cause of unhappiness. It's the source of our unhappiness. Because Sansparas Bhog, a sensual gratification, can never please the soul, the Atma, in millions of lifetimes. And Krishna says, Adyantavanta Konteya, it has its beginning and its end. Every material experience has its beginning and its end. For example, if you want to eat some type of good food, and you're eating and you're thinking, oh, this is so tasty, so tasty. But then there comes a time when your stomach says, no more. And then what is left of the sensual pleasure of tasting good food? It's over. Adyantavanta, it has its beginning and its end has its end. So we become frustrated. We think, why? I want to enjoy forever. Forever enjoyment is only available in the kingdom of God. It's not available here. And we want that. Anandamayo Bhyasat. Krishna is the reservoir of all happiness. Ramante Yogino Anante Satyananda Chidatmani Iti Rama Padenasu Param Brahma Abhidiyate. Krishna is the reservoir of all happiness. And the soul, the Atma being his part and parcel, also wants to enjoy. But we don't know how. We've forgotten how to actually be happy. We're convinced that happiness means sansparas bhog, to bring the senses in contact with our objects. And this can never make us happy. In millions of lifetimes, it can never make us happy. But for millions of lifetimes, we're doing the same foolish thing over and over again, beating our head against the wall, trying to be happy in the material world. So this... Uh, happiness of devotional service is described here as uh, uh, the best of all human achievements and just trying to and, and what is what is that Bhagavad-dhyate-neva-eva because of a relationship with the Supreme Personality of Godhead this is the extraordinary nature of Krishna Bhakti that we can actually develop a relationship with the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Think for a moment how amazing that actually is. We talk about it, having a relationship with Krishna. We do. But think how, how extraordinary that actually is. For example, if, you, if you, you're living in Miami or in Orlando, Mataji's living in Orlando, can you just walk in to the mayor of Orlando's office? Can you walk into his office and say, Hi. I'm a Hare Krishna devotee. I want to talk to you. Is it possible? You have to make an appointment. You have to go through his secretaries. Maybe you can get an appointment. Maybe not. And he's just an infinitesimal speck of dust in the creation of God. But Krishna wants to have a relationship. He's not only are we trying to have a relationship with him, but he wants to have a relationship with us. And this is the extraordinary thing about Krishna Bhakti, that by Krishna Bhakti, we attract the attention of Krishna. He wants to have relationship with us. Infinite Lord wants to have relationship with the infinitesimal living being. And this is the most extraordinary thing. But this is the power of Krishna Bhakti. He's not interested in the yogic, the gymnastic exercises of the yogis, of the speculations of the jnanis, of the material desires, the unlimited material desires of the karmis. But he surrenders himself 
He makes himself, a, he becomes, this, what to speak of surrender, he becomes the servant of his devotees. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu would personally serve the devotees. Prasadam. No, and because he's the supreme omniscient Lord, the Paramatma, he would know in the heart of every devotee what devotee likes what particular kind of prasadam. This devotee likes bitter, this devotee likes sweet, this devotee likes salty, this devotee likes spicy. And he said, take more, take more kheer, take more karela, take more sabji. Because he, personally serving devotees, garlanding them, giving chandan on their forehead, serving the devotees. Krishna is famous as Parthasarati, the chariot driver of Arjuna. Krishna becomes the servant of Nanda and Yashoda. He becomes a servant. The Supreme Lord becomes servant of his devotee. And this is the most extraordinary thing. This is the power of bhakti. This is why Krishna bhakti is rarely achieved. Pure devotional service is rarely achieved. Because Krishna is controlled by bhakti. He's not controlled by yogi. He's not yogi vatsal, yani vatsal, karmi vatsal. He's bhakta vatsal. He's the beloved of his devotees. He's controlled by the love of his devotees. He says in Bhagavad Gita, 11th chapter, bhaktya tanandaya shakya aham vidam vidorjuna Gyatum drashtum chatatvina pravishtum cha parantapa. By this devotional service, I can be known. You can know me. You can enter into my kingdom. You can see me. Drashtum means you can see me eye to eye and face to face on the strength of devotional service, not on the strength of anything else. So a devotee who's actually touching that, touching that relationship with Krishna, has no interest in liberation. Because he's immersed in love of God. He's, he's feeling great happiness. Paraya niritya. Great happiness. He's not interested in just worshipping God to get out of here. He's worshipping God. Let me continue my service. Let me continue here in this material world. Or let me continue in the spiritual world. As you like. So because of that, devotees, liberation is not very important for a devotee because he's automatically liberated this is this is the this is the point of this verse that a devotee who takes up devotional service has no worries for liberation because he's automatically liberated he doesn't have to endeavor for liberation other persons they perform great austerity they do yagyas and austerities so the yogis will stand on uh, on one leg for years all together, hold one arm in the air for 30 years, just standing with their arm in the air, and sitting in freezing water during Mag in Ganga, in, in Ganga, in the freezing water in the middle of December. They'll sit in meditation in the heat, the blazing heat of summer, and build a fire around themselves, doing extreme austerity. But they'll never get prema. They'll never get bhakti from this. They may get realization, they may get mystic power. Anima, Lagima, Prapti, Swakami. All different mystic yogic siddhis are available. But they'll never get prema. And they'll never enter Goloka. And they'll never have that loving relationship that the devotees relish in the kingdom of God. A personal loving relationship where Krishna even subordinates himself to the devotees. He thinks the devotees are more than me. And the devotees think, yes, I'm more than you. 
the, the, the gopas challenge Krishna to a wrestling match. Krishna carries the, the gopas on his shoulders. He endures the uh, ridicule and chastisement of the gopis. And he relishes that more than the recitation of the Vedas. He becomes the beloved son of Mother Yashoda and Nanda Maharaj. Subordinates himself. And Mother Yashoda is thinking. And Krishna is playing. He actually feels himself subordinate to Mother Yashoda. That, and Mother Yashoda is thinking, if I don't feed him, he'll starve. If I don't protect him, he may get in trouble with the monkeys. He may fall into River Jamuna. She's dressing him, feeding him, waking him, putting him to sleep, cooking for him, brushing his hair, fixing his jewelry. She's serving him, hand and foot. And Krishna accepts the service. She, he becomes the son, Ishodanandan. He becomes the beloved son of his mother. Does God have a mother? Not at all. He says, I am the source of everything. Aham sarvasya prabhavo matak sarvam Iti And someone who knows that, they worship him. But he becomes the worshiper. He becomes subordinate to his devotee. This is the power of bhakti. But that bhakti, if we want to touch that standard of devotional life, we have to become free from the desire for liberation. From any material desire. Mama janmani janmani shure bhavatad bhaktir Ahaituki bhakti means do with me whatever you like. Break my heart. You break my heart. Trample me under your feet or embrace me. Whatever you do, you're my prananat. This is pure devotional service. And one of the characteristics is mentioned here that they considered liberation to be very insignificant, very unimportant. Because devotional service in itself relieves us. Just taking up the process, it says here, the devotees bathe themselves in devotional service in order to be relieved from the various tribulations of material existence. Because this is a solution. Said that this devotional service destroys all the tribulations of material life. It's the medicine, Oshodi, that destroys our material illusion, destroys our miseries of repeated birth and death. So this process, chanting Krishna's name, taking up devotional life, reading Bhagavatam, serving Vaishnavas, going unto the Yatra, taking only prasadam, serving the temple, going for darshan, all the things we do, not only relieve us from the tribulations of material existence, but we get such a taste for devotional life, that even liberation becomes unimportant. And that liberation uh, is inconceivable. The, 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 the uh, pleasure of that liberation, material liberation, is millions of times greater than any material pleasure we can imagine in, this, in the creation of God. But devotional service, the pleasure of Krishna Bhakti, surpasses even that. So for this, we take up the process of devotional life and not become deviated by uh, this, the, the so-called fruits, this called, the so-called happiness of dharma, artha, kama, and moksha. 
Because our objective, and we should always remember this, our objective is Krishna Prema, highest objective. Highest objective of life, the highest achievement for the living being is to become a lover of God. Not not a, uh, a, a banik, a baniya, doing business with God. I'll serve you, I'll do this for you, but you do this for me. I'll serve you, but I want liberation. I'll serve you, but I want mystic siddhi. I'll serve you, but I want sense gratification. I'll, I'll, I'll serve you, but I want to merge into your existence. That, this is another point Srila Prabhupada always points out. Is that of these five different kinds of liberation, we reject ekatvam. Ekatvam means to become one with the Lord. And this is actually an impossibility. They may merge with the Brahma Jyoti, but they have to fall down from that also. Srimad Bhagavatam says, Yenye Ravindaksha Vimukta Maninas Tayastabhava Dagishuddha Buddhaya Aruya Krishna Param Padam Tadapadantyadho Nadrita Yushmat Angraya That by Krishna Sadhana, by extreme austerity and dedication to the process, they may rise to the Brahma Jyoti, but they can't stay. Aruya Krishna Param Padam, they go to the Param Param, the Brahma Jyoti. But padantyadho nadrita yushmana, they fall down from there because it's an artificial position. Srila Prabhupada gave the example. He said, just like an airplane may fly in the sky as long as it has fuel. But as soon as, as soon as it runs out of fuel, it has to come back down to earth because it's artificial for the airplane to be in the sky. It's an artificial position. It has to have fuel. So a, a jnani who desires to merge with the Supreme Lord, ikatvam, to become one with the Lord, to merge into Brahma Jyoti, the Brahman effulgence of the Lord, can do so by krishna sadhana, by extremely austere practice of sadhana. But he can't stay there. Why? Because he doesn't... yushma nangraya. They don't take shelter of the lotus feet of the Lord. They say that the lotus feet of the Lord are maya. That's why they're called Mayavadis. They say that the Lord is a product of the modes of goodness, Sattvagun. So Rama, Nishinga, Vamana, Parasharam, Rama, Krishna, Narayan, all manifestations of the modes of material. They're offenders to the Supreme Lord. So how can they actually have relationship with them? They fall down. Padantiadho, Nadrita, they don't take shelter of the Lord. But they think they become liberated. They're thinking, I've become liberated. I've, I've merged myself into Parampadam, the Brahma Jyoti. But they can't stay. So devotee may accept the other four forms of liberation, but he never accepts Ekatvam because he thinks this is like as, as good as hell. Kaivalyam Narakayate. Kaivalyam means to become one with the Lord. And the devotee thinks this is as good as hell, to become one with the Lord. Would Rama, or would, excuse me, would Hanuman give up being Hanuman to become Rama? Would Sita give up being Sita, loving her Lord, to become Rama? There's greater pleasure in, in Dvaita, in, in duality. There is the Lord and the devotee of the Lord, the Lord and the lover of the Lord, the, love, the loved and the beloved the lover and the beloved. Then, and this happiness, because of that happiness, 
ekatvam um, is always rejected by the devotees because we can't become one with the Lord. We can't. We don't lose our our existence. Krishna told Arjuna on the battlefield of Kurukshetra. He said, never there was a time when I did not exist, nor you nor all these kings are in the future, Shaneva ceased to be. Mabayam so jiva loke, jiva bhuta sanatana, that you're my, you're my angsha, sanatana, eternally. The soul isn't cut to pieces, doesn't merge with anything, it's an eternal, individual principle, eternally. We don't become Krishna, Krishna doesn't become the soul, become one homogeneously, it's all a foolish idea not supported in Shastra. So we reject Ekatvam and, and we accept whatever situation the Lord gives us. This is pure devotional service. Not that I, I become your devotee. Now you give me uh, the ultimate spiritual happiness of liberation. No. Mama Janmani Janmani Shore. So we should accept if, and this is the, the paradox of devotional life that if we have that attitude that you do anything with me, you liberate me or send me back to the material world, if we have that attitude, then we're actually qualified for liberation. Then, we're, then we have the opportunity to return to the kingdom of God. And, and until we have that attitude, we're unqualified. Because as soon as we want something from the Lord besides pure devotional service, this is material life. This is the sum and substance of material life. That you give me Devotee thinks, what can I do for you? In heaven or in hell, what can I do for you? And when we feel like that, then we become qualified for liberation. When we feel, you send me, you send me to hell and to serve you, I'm happy. Or take me to heaven, I'm also happy. If you're happy, I'm happy. Even if I'm unhappy, I'm happy in your happiness. This is the prayer of Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur, and we should try and emulate that same prayer, try and feel by your advancement in spiritual life, try and feel the same way and have no other objective in life than to try and please the Lord by our, our little devotional service, whatever we're able to do. So I'll end there. Does anyone have any comment or question? Let us read the, the translation again one more time to refresh our memory. Translation, devotees always bathe themselves in devotional service in order to be relieved from the various tribulations of material existence. By doing this, the devotees enjoy supreme bliss and liberation personified comes to serve them. Nonetheless, they do Nonetheless, not accept that do. service even if it is offered by the Supreme Personality of God Himself. For the devotees, liberation, mukti, is very unimportant because having obtained the Lord's transcendental loving service, they have obtained everything desirable and have transcended all material desires. Any questions, comments, corrections? Hare Krishna Prabhu Dhanavatranam um, Thank you so much for nicely explaining how the devotees reject Ekatvam, liberation and many other points um, with reference to this verse uh, Thank you so much Prabhu I don't have any questions uh, If devotees have any questions or comments please go ahead Hare Krishna Prabhu Dhanavatranam Dhanavatranam Jai Shila Prabhu it was uh, such a nice uh, class, and uh, uh, the bhava, the bhava of surrender is so rare and so fleeting and ephemeral that <laughs> the small chances we get, 
in our life uh, when such bhav comes so when are your first and he was saying about how the supreme lord <laughs> who, who is the uh, who does not say all these things for his devotees rather he serves rather he carries the gopa friends on his uh, shoulder and he carries the shoes of his father uh, on his head so when i heard these things that sarvam uh, bhava surrender came it was so nice blissful and of course of all other <coughs> references from the scripture was so so nice and it was so blissful uh, class of Prabhuji Hare, Hare Krishna. Yeah, we should understand that what is surrender? In this material world, surrender has a negative context. It means that I'm surrendering, I lost. I'm the loser. Yes. But surrender in spiritual life means we're the gainer. Because by that yes. surrender, Krishna is purchased. We're the, the absolute topmost gainer by this process of surrender in spiritual life. So we, this, and Lord asks us, you, you take complete shelter of me, surrender to me. And we become the complete gainer in every way. More than any other, there's, nothing, there's no greater achievement than Krishna Bhakti. Krishna Bhakti controls Krishna. So surrender is welcome in spiritual life. We want to surrender. But in material life, no, we don't want to surrender to anybody. <laughs> There's actually one materialistic atheist, he, he made one poem. He said, it matters not how straight the gate, how charged with punishments the soul. I am the master of my fate. I am the captain of my soul. In other words, I'll not surrender to anyone. I'm the boss. I'm in charge. Do what I say. Buckle under my way or the highway. This is a materialistic demeanor. But a devotee, understanding the value of surrender. Thinks, yes, I'm, I'm doing my level best. I'm a conditioned soul. I'm a fallen soul, but I'm trying to surrender to you. you please accept me. So this, this attitude has great power. It attracts Krishna. This attitude of surrender attracts Krishna. Mm-hmm. Hare Krishna, Guruji, Dandatpana. Wonderful, wonderful. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. So, Prabhu, uh, so as you, Mina, you ex- Mina, described like devotee don't want mukti, he's happy with the devotional service. So for the pure devotee, man, is it uh, is it good to say that he doesn't matter, he's in material war or spiritual war, as long as he's doing devotional service, he's happy and really he should not hanker for the uh, going back home, back to God, or he, he, will ju- he should just hanker for the service after service. Is well, right? interestingly, interestingly, both things, we can say both things are true. Srila Prabhupada showed his example. He wasn't, at the last days of his life, he wasn't praying, appealing to the Lord, please take me back to you. And he told devotees that, that you can pray, but don't pray to come back to this material world to serve. Pray to go back to Godhead. So it's a paradox of sorts that on one side, we don't want liberation. We, we live our life where we don't want anything, anything from the Lord. And that attitude of not wanting anything qualifies us to achieve the highest benediction of going back to Godhead. So it's, it's, it's a paradox of sorts. We don't want anything, 
We don't want even liberation. Mama Janmani Janmani Shure Chaitanya Mahaprabhu taught us to pray. Diyamanam Nugrananti, we read this verse from Bhagavatam. That devotee doesn't even, he won't accept these liberations, even offered by the Lord. So we have this attitude of, I don't want anything. But that attitude of not want, if we can come to, if we can touch that attitude of not wanting anything from the Lord, that qualifies us for liberation, which is the highest achievement of life. Going back to God, what else do we want? That, that, uh, there's, there's no greater gain than this, going back to Godhead, being qualified to serve the Lord eternally. That's wonderful, Prof. That's a wonderful analogement. Since we don't want, we qualify to, you know, go to back home, back to Godhead. That's wonderful. I like that, the way you mentioned. It's as much as I can understand. Maybe someone else has another uh, addition to that, but that's what I can understand. Anything else, devotees, Matajis, Prabhus? Thank you very much for the opportunity to speak to you. Hare Krishna Prabhuji. Prabhuji. Yes, Matajis. So Prabhuji, like I just want to ask you one question, like you know, to uh, to realize uh, the Lord while chanting the Lord's name, and also while uh, hearing uh, you know glories and all the katha. It's so nice, but um, uh, you know, it is very hard to realize the Lord in the Atma Paramatma form, like the Lord is inside of every living being. So, um, should we also endeavor to uh, to be conscious of that realization along with the fact that, yes, uh, Krishna is Supreme Personality of Godhead? If we go on hearing, the foundation of our spiritual life is to hear. If we continue to hear, Krishna's name, Krishna's pastimes, his leela, his qualities, his paraphernalia, his associates, his, his abode, his dham. If we continue to hear, everything will, we get realization, we get sporty. Shastra says, Atakshu Krishna Namadi, Nabhavik Grayam Indriyai. Sevan Mukhi Hijevadao Swayam Eva, Sporatira. Sporty means revelation. We experience the truths of devotional life. It's no longer an intellectual process of reading the book and memorizing. Rather, we we have direct experience. Mm. We get direct experience by realization. And that realization comes to us by the process of hearing. Hearing the holy name, Srila Gorkishwar Das Babaji Maharaj said that our Siddha Sarup, our eternal spiritual identity is revealed to us in the syllables of the holy name. Please remember this. Meditate on this. That my spiritual identity, my position in the eternal kingdom of God is revealed, is experienced. Where? In the syllables of the holy name. So it's not an intellectual process. Rather we take up the process of hearing Krishna's name, Krishna's pastimes, his lila, guna, rup, nam, parikar, everything. And from and and serving. Um, uh, we should become servants of the holy name also, which means our 
our preaching work, our book distribution, our temple construction, our Sunday feasts, all meant to serve the Holy Name. So serving the Holy Name, hearing the Holy Name, then we get sporty, we get revelation, we experience it, pratyaksha. So this is the process of Krishna consciousness. Is that helpful to your question, Mataji? Yes, Prabhuji. Thank you so much. Yeah, the process is actually very simple, but I'm, I'm trying to ask a question to make it complicated. So you made it like easy, uh, but we have to remember it. That's the main thing, you know. Hearing is very yeah, we're important. very forgetful. We're forgetful by nature. It's, some, it's the easiest thing. All you have to do is, okay, sit down for two, two and a half hours. Just sit. Repeat the Lord's name with love and attention. And do it every day. It's such a simple thing. But we, make, we find it com complicated because of our rascal mind. Mind, and the whole process is to conquer. Jitatmana prashantasya paramatma samahita sitoshna sukudukeshu tatamana pamaneo. If we conquer the mind, all our problems are finished. Our, our whole problem is our rascal mind. Conquer your mind and heat and cold. Honor and dishonor, happiness and distress, all the yeah. same. If we conquer the mind. Our, our mind is the whole problem. So, mantra. Man, try to deliver the mind from its misunderstanding. Our mind is... is I was just reading today. that just, We should not trust the mind. Actually, in, in the earlier in this in this chapter, instructions of Lord Jashabdi, he says, "Don't trust your mind. Just like a, a unchaste woman may kill her own husband in association with some paramour." So he said he compares the the mind to an unchaste. Don't trust. Don't put trust in your mind. Rather, monitor the activities of your mind, because the mind will always try and cheat you out of Krishna consciousness. You're chanting your japa and think, oh, let me, let me just check my email for next, you know, an hour later, after email and Facebook and WhatsApp, and you wasted so much time that you could have spent chanting holy name. You got cheated by your mind, or you think someone says something, then you think this person has become my enemy because of your mind, or you think that sense gratification is the goal of life; it will make you happy because of your mind. Whole problem is our mind. So we should. Not put our faith in our mind. Yes, Prabhupada. Okay, are we done?